Welcome to the High Praises Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's Body Life Pastor Terrence Ford. Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel 37, while you're standing. You look beautiful today in Christ Jesus, amen. Ezekiel 37. You got your Bibles, you got your tablets, your phones. You don't have either, we bring it to you via screen, amen. We honor our pastor in his absence today. Give God praise for Pastor Chris. Ezekiel 37. I'm going to read 14 verses, so bear with me just, just, just for a moment. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. It was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very, very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. There was a noise. There was a noise and suddenly a rattling. The bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, sinews and flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over but there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God come from the four winds, O breath, breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as I was, as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place in you, place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. You can be seated. Man, I'm excited before I even begin. Y'all just don't know. I'm, I'm turning cartwheels inside my soul. There's a word from God in this place today. I want to, to I want to talk about the bones of your life coming back together again. I, I want to talk from this because I believe God has a word for us today that He's putting you back together. He's putting you together, and I want to minister for a moment in in, in a prophetic way, if if I may, in the words of our subject, 
that, that God is bringing you back together. God is putting you together. The bones of your life are coming back together. This text in Ezekiel is no stranger to us, especially for those who have been in Christendom for any amount of time. We've heard this text either referenced to or preached a number of times over the years. Ezekiel was a priest, a prophet of the 6th century, so special to God that God used his life and times and recorded it in the Septuagint, in the Holy Scriptures of the Old Testament. He is what's referred to as a major prophet as The scriptures have outlined to us that there are four major prophets and 12 minor prophets. The major prophets were Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And the minor prophets follow from Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Amen. These are the 12 minor prophets and the four major prophets. Ezekiel is probably around 30 years old at the beginning of his ministry as we know this was the tribe of Levi and you had to be around 30 before your ministry could begin in this ministry and he's prophesying from the land of the Chaldeans, the Babylonians. Ezekiel was a captive taken to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar and he's the first of the exiles of Judah. Ezekiel's name, his name has significance as all people in scriptures do. Their name means something. That's why we just can't name our children anything. Amen. We can't name them Pookie Nim. I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong setting. Amen. That's for black churches. Amen. I got some black folk in here. Pookie and Ray Ray Nim, amen. No, 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 no. Their names mean something. Ezekiel's name even resonates and is significant even unto us today as his name means the Lord or God will strengthen. And he comes at a time where the people of God really need to hear this message. I find it amazing that in the customs of the Hebrews, the Jews, Uh, that they would say a messenger of God is coming or a messenger of God is speaking. And before they even hear the word God is sending, they already got a message based on his name. Amen. And I want to parenthetically insert something here today and encourage someone in this place based on Ezekiel's name that the Lord is here to strengthen you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're enduring right now, the Lord is in this place to strengthen you and to fix all the broken areas of your life. The problem in this book is the same problem with many of us today Amen. But some of us, not all of us, but many of us, it is all about turning to God, turning back to God. Amen. It's about genuine repentance. And when we genuinely repent, we don't just say I'm sorry because dealing with God is more than just saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Amen. It is about turning from your ways and turning to the only one that can help you in the midst of what you're facing and going through in life. Now, allow me momentarily to give you some backdrop to uh, the summation of this whole book of Ezekiel before we go any further. I believe it's going to help us, and the validity of this text is so powerful. This whole book is so relevant to us today. The book of Ezekiel 
records the prophet's prophecies during Judah's judgment by God through their incarceration in Babylon called the Babylonian captivity. Because of Judah's rebellion, the southern kingdom of Israel, the Babylonians were used by God as his tool of discipline. Okay? If this book had a theme, the theme of this book would be the glory. It would be all about the glory of the Lord. This is so good. This is so important to every single one of us in this room today. This text, because as we deal with the glory, we got to remember two places in Scripture in particular. We got to remember 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 21 and 22, when the Israelites are facing the Philistines. And the ark of God has been taken. The Philistines have rooted the Israelites. 30,000 Israelites have died. And God's presence, his manifest presence has been taken. And the servant runs back to, amen, Eli. And he tells the prophet Eli, your sons are dead. Hophni and Phinehas are dead. And, and, and the presence of God is gone. And you got to remember, Eli fell back in the chair, broke his neck, died, and the Bible says his daughter-in-law, Phinehas' wife, is standing there, and she's pregnant, ready to give birth. And she goes into labor, and she has a baby, and before she dies, she names the baby Ichabod, which means the glory has left. Amen. This is so important to us today because not only do we see it there in 1 Samuel chapter 4, verses 21 and 22, but we also see it in Romans 3. 23, where the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of what? The glory of God. So God has come, church, to restore his glory in our lives. His glory is so important. And Ezekiel prophesied that God's glory had to depart from the temple because of the people's disobedience. Their sins. And this is, and, and this is, and, and, and their sins, and, and so his manifest presence was no longer in their midst. I don't know about you, but I, don't, I, I can't make it without the presence of God in my life. Amen. I, I can't make it one moment. I can't make it one second. I can't make it one minute without the presence of God in my life. Amen. Amen. I'm reminded of Psalm 51 when David was repenting. David said, amen. He said, please don't leave me, Lord. Hallelujah. That's what he said. I'm just paraphrasing what David said. He says, purge me with hyssop. I shall be clean. Watch me. I shall be whiter than snow. Creating me a clean heart. Renewing me a right spirit. Don't take your, don't, come on somebody. Don't take your presence from me, Lord. Don't take your joy from me, God. Amen. That's what David prayed. Amen. And so, and so Ezekiel is prophesying and he's telling them about the consequences of their disobedience in their sin which led to this captivity that they're enduring. But Ezekiel also prophesied about a coming restoration. There's always good news when it comes to dealing with our God. The get regathering of God's people would come with the return of Messiah. Amen. The future 1,000-year reign of Christ called the Millennial Kingdom. Ezekiel wanted them to know that as bad as things were during this captivity, God still had a plan. God wants somebody to know in this room today, as bad as your situation may be right now, God still has a plan. God still has a plan. And God was going to keep his covenantal promises in spite of the people's rebellion and the consequences they were enduring. That's good news. Hallelujah, somebody. Ezekiel is called the son of man in this text because he represents humanity. 
He's talking to men about the glory of God, and he's representing God to men. So we come to understand God's glory, his presence in the midst of us is his greatest goal. I said God's presence, his glory in the midst of you and I is God's greatest goal. That's why I'm so glad, church, that he's a Pentecost God. Hallelujah. Somebody better shout on that one. That, that, amen. God is now no longer Emmanuel. He's not, not, not no longer, amen, in the midst of us, but God is now in us. You need to touch somebody beside you and tell you, thank, thank God he's in you. He's in you. Amen. Tell, touch, touch, touch me and tell I hope he's in you. Amen. Amen. I, I hope he's in you. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says in 1 John 4, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so the glory of God refers to him being put on display. But when that glory leaves, then you don't see him at work in your life. And you don't see him at work in your world. Amen. But when that glory returns, you see his manifest presence. You see, you see him showing visibly his presence in our midst, which is everything. And God wanted Israel to know that your disobedience has caused the glory to leave. But the good news is, as well as that glory left, God is so excited for that glory to come back again. Did, did you hear what I just said? Amen, somebody. Amen. That glory is dying to come back. Hallelujah. The good news, church, is that Jesus is coming into this world. The good news is that his suffering and his bleeding and his, his dying, and, 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 and don't you dare forget that he rose from the grave. Hallelujah, somebody. The good news about it is that he did all of that for our regeneration, for our restoration, and for our resurrection. Let me say that again. Everything Jesus Christ accomplished at Calvary, amen, was for our regeneration, redo. He redid our DNA on the day of salvation. The day you got saved, everything you used to be, he said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, old things are passed away. All things have become what? New. He redid your DNA. Hallelujah, somebody. So he did it for your regeneration, and he did it to restore your life. Amen. Even better than what it was before. Because God don't have to do anything. Hallelujah, somebody. Everything God does, it's good. Read Genesis 1. And God said, and it was so, and it was good. That's what the scripture says. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. And so he did it for our regeneration, our restoration, and for our resurrection. And he wants us to know that the glory of God, his presence in our midst today through the person of Jesus Christ, wants to be manifested and ultimately, worldwide, will be manifested when Jesus Christ comes back. The lesson for us today is to make God's glory and the advancement of his kingdom our greatest goal. Because if we let that be our commitment, we will experience his greatest presence. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I want his, I want his presence. Now, building to chapter 37. Ezekiel in this book, this, this book, the whole work of his book, when, when God called Ezekiel chapter 1, we see what Ezekiel saw chapter 1 verse 5. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to, you can, you can write this down and go back and look at it. But the Bible says Ezekiel saw four living creatures. 
He saw four beings, four living beings, and, and, and they all had different faces. These are what's we, what, what the scriptures call cherubim, amen? And so he saw them, and it said that he had the face, one, they had the face of an angel, had the face of a lion, had the face of an ox, and they had the face of an eagle. The face of a lion, the face of a man, the face of an ox, and the face of an eagle. What I've discovered is the face of man in these four living creatures, the face of man represents Man being the king of the earth. Lion represents the lion being the king of the jungle. The ox represents strength and power. You can, you can talk to old people that used to farm, and when they farm and they had ox out in the field, I've said this a long time ago, but I, they, I, I talked to somebody old a long time ago and discovered this. Ox are known for pulling heavy loads. But every now and then, as they're plowing the field, they come across some roots in the ground and they would get stuck. You know what the ox would do? The ox would just go down on their knees. And when the ox comes up off his knees, he got momentum and ability to keep on pulling the load that he was pulling. I don't know who that's for today, but I'm here to tell somebody, if life has gotten too hard, just simply go down on your knees. Amen. And, and, and come on, somebody. When you, when you get up off your knees, you're going to have some power. Hallelujah, somebody. So ox represent heavy loads, and then the eagle represents the king of the air, the all-seeing eye. I love this. I love this. And if you go chapter 1, verses 15 through 21, it deals with the rims of the wheel of what we've called the wheel in the middle of a wheel. Amen. You've heard that song. Anybody, if you've heard it before, just raise your hand. Ezekiel saw the wheel way up in the middle of the air. Everybody heard that song before? Amen. This is what Ezekiel saw. And the Bible says that the, the rim of the wheel was full of eyes. May seem scary. May seem frightening, but it's not. It's just simply suggesting the all-seeing, all-knowing omniscience of God. That's all it's talking about. And if you notice, the Bible would say the four living beings, the wheel, when they move, they would move swiftly and, and without turning because God don't have to turn to see anything. Amen. They would just move. Wherever they went, the wheel and the beings, they moved and did not turn. Hallelujah, somebody. God's all-seeing eye, his all-knowing omniscience represents he who sees good and bad no matter which way man turns. Hallelujah. So while, watch this, going back to the four living beings, while man, beast, may be dominant in one area of a kingdom, lion, king of the jungle, man, king of the earth, eagle, king of the air of the sky. Watch this. The point is, the Lord God is not like man. He's not like lion. He's not like the eagle. Come on, somebody. God is dominant and all-powerful in every area, and he dominates all. That's all it's talking about in the text. Hallelujah, somebody. And he rules heaven and earth, so the wheel in the middle of the wheel represents how his spirit is working in all facets of life of man to promote the plan and the purpose of God. He is an all-powerful God. And I love it because he's not stationary. Hallelujah. He moved wherever the spirit wanted to go. And so Israel's all-knowing, 
our all-knowing God could follow us wherever we go. I love it because this is what it's all, this is simply what it's saying. His presence is inescapable. Hallelujah, somebody. I remember David in Psalm 139 saying, whether shall I go from his presence? That's the King James Version or the New King James Version. Where shall I flee from his presence? If I make my bed in hell, he's there. If I take the wings of the morning dove and fly to the uttermost parts of the sea, he's there. If I make my bed, come on somebody. David said, in other words, I can't escape his presence. Everywhere I go, I find that God is there. And I love it because the the prophet prophet in chapter 2. I'm going to get to 37. Just bear with me. The prophet in chapter 2, I'm telling you, uses the compound name Lord God. And I, I, I studied this and discovered that he uses this compound name Lord God over 200 times in his writings in the book of Ezekiel. The compound name Lord God Or, watch this, Adonai, Yahweh, okay, emphasizes that he is a powerful God and that he is two things, sovereign authority, he has all authority, and he is the covenant-keeping, faithful God that watches over his people. (laughs) Did you just, come on somebody, two things, Lord God, Adonai, Yahweh. He's Israel's, he represents sovereign authority, and he is the covenant-keeping, faithful God who watches over his people. So whatever God promised you, I I don't know who I'm talking to in this room today, because God promised somebody in this room something a long time ago, and I'm here to tell you, if he promised it to you back then, he will still perform it today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All of this backdrop, because you've heard me say this before, text without a context is a pretext, so you got to pay attention to its surroundings when you're reading through the scriptures. So what I want to do is take this historical text from Ezekiel 37, this Old Testament text, and for the next few moments, I want to modernize the text and bring the message of this text down our street to our address, to my home and to your home, that it may apply to you and I and where we are right now in our lives. We're all at different facets of life. I've discovered this. We're not all at the same place. I've discovered as you look around, some are saved and some are not. Amen. Some are spiritual and some are carnal. Amen? Some are loving and some are hateful. Some are weak and some are strong. Some are struggling and some are winning. But it doesn't matter. I've discovered that we, 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 we all experience, everybody say brokenness. We all experience brokenness in one place or another. And this is what I've discovered also. Jesus loves our brokenness. You say, no, he's a whole incomplete God. That's right, he is. But he loves our brokenness. Hallelujah, somebody. Jesus loves our brokenness. He loves, let me say it again, our brokenness. Hallelujah. 
Because what I've discovered is it's not about Humpty Dumpty sitting on a wall and Humpty Dumpty having a great fall, young kids in the room today. Amen. It is about Jesus Christ hanging on an old rugged cross, gave his life for you and me and saving our souls to make us whole and complete where nothing's missing and nothing's broken. You got to understand what Jesus did at Calvary. What Jesus did at Calvary, Isaiah explains it this way. He exchanged his righteous robe. Can I, 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 Edgar, come here for a moment, brother. Come here for a moment. He exchanged his righteous robe. Now, I want my shirt back because it ain't going to look right if I don't have my shirt on up here. Christ exchanged his righteous robe for our filthiness and for our mess. See, I can do this because this, this brother, he, he a little more buff than me, but amen. But he's smaller than me, Amen. Christ took off his righteousness. Christ took off his righteousness and put on what was in us inside of him. Amen, somebody. He exchanged with you and I so that we could be right. Amen. Thank you so much. Now let me have my shirt back. Amen. How are you saved today? Because Christ exchanged. How are you holy today? Because Christ exchanged. How are you in your right mind today? Because Christ exchanged. How are you living right today? Because Christ exchanged. He took off what was on him. And the Bible says he never sinned. Amen, somebody. We have a high priest who has touched every feeling of our infirmities yet. Hebrews says he was without sin. So Christ took off what was on him and he put it on us so that we could be made right. And God, in our text today, he takes Ezekiel in the spirit and he takes Ezekiel where Ezekiel, all he sees is death. Israel is in ruins. Remember, we said because of the sins and disobedience of the people, they're in ruins. Hallelujah, somebody. But how would God revive the disconnected, lifeless bones of Israel? Can I ask you in this place today, how could God revive the disconnected, lifeless bones in your life? Don't sit and act all holy and sanctified and sanctimonious and sedity. Amen. In this room today. Amen. I know Christ has changed, but don't you ever forget where you came from. Don't you ever forget what he's done in you. Hallelujah, somebody. How can I be made right 
Watch this. Through word and spirit. The Bible says that Ezekiel did what? He spoke as he was instructed by God. And I'm here to tell you today that you and I must do the same thing. Let's just say the bones represent any dead place in your life because you brothers and sisters are a whole being. We got to stop looking at ourselves in pieces. So everybody say, I'm a whole being. Come on, everybody in the room, say, I am a whole being. You are spirit, you are soul, you are body, you are a trichotomy. You are holistically, you move spiritually, you move physically, you move socially, you move economically, you move mentally. You are a whole being that can't just simply focus on one part of your life. And say I'm complete. No, 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 no. You must focus on the whole you moving as a being all together. Hallelujah. And this is the problem for many of us. You got it together financially, but you're struggling in other areas. You got it together spiritually, but you're struggling in other areas. You're anointed, but you got bad character. You're saved, but you got corrupt communication. Amen, Walls. James said, the tongue, the smallest member of the body, starts forest fires. You, you need to look at somebody beside you and preach with me and say, watch what you say. Point to them and say, well, you better watch what you say. How can our brokenness and our disconnected, lifeless bones be put back together? Because when God does anything, he does it great. He does it right. The Bible says the Lord adds blessings with no sorrow. When God does a thing, he does it right. Amen, somebody. He wants to put you together. He wants you whole. He wants you complete. Nothing's missing. Nothing's broken in your life. It's no secret. You know the bones of your life. I know the bones of my life. You know the dry places. You know the struggles of your life. You know the dead places of your life. See, in, in the text in chapter 37, verse 11, God said, these bones represent the people of Israel. And yes, there are corporate struggles where we all hurt, where we're all messed up. But God wants to speak you to, to you today right where you are and let you know where you're hurting it and how he wants to put the bones of your life back together again. He wants to put the bones of your life back together again. But there are some principles in the text that I've discovered, church, that you and I must adhere to and apply to our lives. Here they are. The principles of the text is, watch this, this whole text deals with your understanding, number one. It deals with, number two, your ability to believe. Number three, it deals with your ability to do, to act. You remember what I said last time I preached. You got to do something. Amen. And then it deals with your ability to speak. I'm not telling you to be superficial and walk around speaking crazy, outrageous things, but I'm telling you, you do got to say something. 
And I am telling you, you don't want to say the wrong thing. You ever had something happen and you say, boy, if it ain't one thing, it's another one. Stop saying that. Because another one going to keep coming and keep coming. My wife and I had something happen not too long ago, and that was our thought in the beginning. If it ain't one thing, it's another. But, but somebody, somebody called me and they said, well, thank God you got it. See, when you, when you look at perspective and you change how you see things, you're going to say, Lord, yeah, it may be another one, but thank you. We got this one. Amen. Hallelujah, somebody. It's about changing how you see things. So you got to understand. Everybody say, I got to understand. Say, I have to believe. I have to do. I have to act. And I have to speak. Okay? After, and then your ability, after having done all these things, is to stand there and watch and listen. <laughs> I, I love this. You, you got to watch it just like I teach in growth track. Many of you have gone through growth track. I teach in growth track about prayer, how prayer is a two-way dialogue. Amen. We make it a one-way dialogue. Jesus, 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 Lord, 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 in Jesus' name, amen, and we jump and run. But prayer is a two-way dialogue. You speak and you say what you got to say, and then you stay right there and say, God, what do you have to say? You got anything you want to speak to me? Amen. And I love it. I love it because pastor has taught us this for years that once we've prayed and asked God for whatever we're praying for, you got to go ahead and have a praise party like you already got it and say, Lord, thank you in advance for answering my prayers. Amen, somebody. You got to understand. You got to believe. You got to act and you got to speak. Look at this text here. It's right in the text. The Bible says that the hand of the Lord came upon Ezekiel, led him out in the spirit, set him in the midst of, of a valley full of dead bones, dry bones. This is the nation of Israel. It is the things that today, if we parenthetically think about it, the things that represent the struggle areas of our lives. Then he calls me to pass all around it. He, he, he took, he, he watched this, he went all around it. He made observations. You got to observe what you're dealing with in life sometimes because in your observation, you got to take notes and say, okay, I see how this happened. Yeah. Oh, I see my foundation is weak right, right there. That, that's where I'm weak at. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, I, I need you to help me. Right. My flesh is hurting right here. Yeah. Yeah. See you, you have to make everybody say, I got to make some observations. I, I got to take some notes. Amen. Verse 3, and he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh, Lord, God, you know. God shows up, takes Ezekiel in a valley of dry, dead bones and asks him a question. Can these bones live? Let me help you, church. It's a rhetorical question. You can't inform God about anything. God is trying to help you. Are you hearing me in this room today? We're not helping him. God is trying to help us understand. See, I've discovered that God is not going to do what he's empowered you to do. God would not do what he's put in you the ability to do. Amen. But what God will do is show up when you can't go any further 
And he will add his super to your natural where we begin to experience the supernatural power of the living God. Amen. You're made in his image. You're made in his likeness. You have dunamis power working within you. And God says, you do it. And I'm going to act on what you do. Verse 4, and he said to me again, prophesy to these bones. Say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I love it. Verse 5. Watch this. Verse 5. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Let me help us today. Amen. God has the power. God is the power. God says, I will cause. Not you're going to cause, but I through you will cause many things to begin to take place in your life. And then verse 6, he says, I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. I love this. Mm. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. See, I teach this in growth track too. Thank you, Pastor, for growth track. Amen. It allows me to Amen, to be able to teach and open up. I love this because I teach this, and I think I've said this a long time ago. Many of you would, probably weren't here during that time, but I said that, you know, one time we bought a new car, and in this car it had the, the, the owner's manual and the glove box, and I know some of you have heard this over and over again. Amen, but, but, but I, you know, it's a technology package in this car, and my thumb hits something on the stern wheel, and the car starts talking to me. What is your command? And I'm like, What? What did I just do? And, and my son is sitting there, and he says, what's this book right here? I said, it's the owner's manual. He said, have you read it? <laughs> I go, are you serious? <laughs> Carrie, who reads the owner's manual? <laughs> I asked this question in growth track, and you'll be surprised how many folk raise their hand. How many of y'all read the owner's manual? Anybody? I, don't, I see one, two. I see two of y'all. Three, amen. So when the car starts talking to me, I'm sitting there pushing every button trying to find what happened. And, and my son sitting there with his slick sly self said, if you had only read <laughs> the owner's manual, you would know. I love this because at verse 6, God is the manufacturer. I will put sinew on you. I will bring flesh on you. I will cover you with skin. I will put breath inside of you. Then you're going to know that I can I help you in this room today. Sometimes the reason why you're enduring some things that you wish you didn't have to go through is so that you will recognize who God is. <laughs> God is saying, yeah, I had to let you go through that so you would know. Amen. And once you've gone through that, now you know, you'll be like, yeah, I know that from now on. Amen. Can't nobody do me like God can. Hallelujah, somebody. I'm here to tell you, you may be jacked up. You may be faced with a dilemma in your life. But in the midst of all this, it's not about what God is going to do. It's about what you're going to do. What are you going to do? You got to change your perspective. You got to start looking at things from the right perspective. So watch this, verse 7, watch this. So I, Ezekiel, prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. As 
I said what God told me to say, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. In other words, Ezekiel say, I heard a sound. <laughs> Ooh, I'm telling somebody in this room today, when you do what God has told you to do, stop and listen. Look around. Take observations because you're about to start hearing something in your life. Hallelujah. Indeed, as I looked, sinews and the flesh came upon them. Verse 8, skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Verse 9, and he said to me, prophesy to the breath. <laughs> prophesy to what's missing. They're standing there, but they're lifeless. I said this a while ago. Sometimes when you look around in church, you see dead men walking. Amen. Hallelujah. God knows what's me. I love this guy. Come on, somebody. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. Verse 10, I'm about done. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. I'm here to tell you today that God is not only the manufacturer, but as God is the manufacturer of our lives, God knows what's missing in your life. I find in my own life, I'm not going to talk about you. Everybody say he's talking about himself. When I was in dilemmas. I went everywhere looking, trying to find the solution. But guess what? I was looking in all the wrong places. What I begin to understand is when I'm dealing with the God that I serve, if he's my manufacturer, all I got to do is go to him. And he knows everything about me. He created me. He made me. Listen, church. He knows exactly what's missing in your life. And God says, Ezekiel prophesied to the Ruach. Amen. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1, it says, amen, God made man in his image and in his likeness, and, and God breathed the breath of life. God breathed the Ruach inside of him, and he became a living soul. God knows what's missing. And for those of you in this room today that have some dry places in your life, I'm closing. You may have dry places in your marriage. You may have dry places with your spouse. You may have dry places on your job. You may have dry places in your friendships. You may have dry places in your, in your finances. You may have dry places in your health. I'm here to tell you, spirit, man, woman of God, God wants to breathe into you in this room today. You may have sickness in your life right now, but God wants to, he wants to breathe into your life and bring you alive and make you whole and complete. That whereas you stand there in his presence, that's why they usher us into the presence of God every week so that we can just bask in his presence and just say, Lord, here am I. What's missing? But I've discovered discovered that 
I said this a long time ago. You always hear the power before you see it. I used to live, my parents live by where a train is near them in the train. You can hear it way before you see it. You hear the power coming, but you don't see it. One day we were at the airport, and we were seeing my sister off. I was young. I remember this. And boy, when them turbines wind up, it will, I'm like, you, 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 can, you can hear the power of the plane around the corner, but then all of a sudden it came rolling around. Some of you, you're too quiet. You, you want to silently praise and worship God. Just... I understand Hannah. I understand Hannah, and, and, and I understand Hannah wanted a baby, and she was at the altar. She was doing that, and, and the prophet thought she was drunk. I understand. Sometimes we get there. But it's time for you to make a sound. I'm telling somebody in this room today, I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's time for you to make a sound. Because God wants to restore. And in that great millennial kingdom, yes, he's going to fully restore everything that's missing and broken in this world. The Bible says in this world, we will not have peace. Stop looking for it. It's not going to happen the way we like for it to happen. But when Christ returns, that millennial reign, yeah, he came back to set us up first time but when he comes back again in that thousand year millennial reign come on somebody he's going to restore everything that's missing in our lives here it is in the meanwhile what are you going to do I want you to have faith begin to speak out into the atmospheres of your life and begin to say God I'm just going to stand on the ledge of my struggles stand on the ledge of my problems and God I trust you Having done all to stand, I'm going to stand here, God. Put on the full arm of God. Grab my breastplate of righteousness. Sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, my helmet of salvation. Feet shod with the preparation of the God. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm putting on my armor because, God, I know that you don't want me scattered. And what I've discovered, some of us, you got everything. They're just not connected. But God says in this room today, stand on your feet. bones wherever they are I'm going to connect them in this place I'm going to connect them God is putting you together but will you allow him to put you together and I've discovered this that there's many of us here God is trying to get you Connected. He's trying to put you back together again. He's trying to get your attention so he can put you together, but you've been resisting him. Because in everything God does, it requires change. You've been resisting. You've been fighting. You've been holding back. You've been saying, Lord, I'm going to give you everything about me except this thing. This right here is mine. 
I'm holding on to this one, God. This, this right here, you, you can have all of that, God, and, and you're crying and you're serious as you want to be. You can have all of that, God, but this right here is mine, and God says, you have stepping with me. God says, I want all of you. I want all of you. I want every piece of you. I want your heart. I want your mind. I want your soul. I want your strength. I want your body. I want all of you. But, but God, it's, it's, it's too fun. But God, it feels too good. Yeah, God said, I want that. I want that because if you do it my way, you will experience the joy of the Lord like you've never had in your life before. But if you keep doing it your way, you're going to continue to experience brokenness and you will never be complete. You will never be whole. But God says, if you surrender all to me. I learned Pastor Billy a long time ago. We lie in church when we sing worship songs. I surrender. We sing that, right? You don't mean that. I surrender all to Jesus. I surrender. Come on. You don't mean that. If you really meant it, surrender all to him. If you really want to experience the power of God, surrender all to him. I, I don't know who this is for today, but the altar is open right now for somebody that's dealing with brokenness in your life. And you want to be whole. You want to be complete. I'm telling you, there is an anointing in this room today. God wants to complete you, brother. God wants to complete you, sister, but you got to come. You got to come to this altar right now, whoever you may be. Amen. God is putting you back together again. Will you step out of faith and will you come to receive what God wants to do in your life? Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.